0: Most admirable chases you could possibly wish to see. Good afternoon, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the Race Hour podcast in association with gambling.com and kindly sponsored by Bet UK. I'm Darren Hughes, and I'm really pleased to be joined this week by the racing equivalent of the A team, starting as always with Jeremy Nolan. Uh, Are you looking forward to the weekend's action, Darren, or are you
1: fully in Cheltenham mode at this stage? No, I actually love this weekend's uh, action. This was the weekend before when. Old Cape Gentleman went over to Kempton and won and everything else. It's a it's a cracking weekend that uh, always Kempton is anyway. But this card particularly, it's a lovely card. It's, uh, again, it's all building up towards the festival, Darren. But, uh, you yeah, know, it's a weekend definitely worthy of its own merit.
0: Yeah, for sure. I always find
1: it a great punching weekend.
0: Um, I, there's usually a couple of races of interest, at least, especially from Kempton. Uh, I'm also pleased to be joined for the second time on the Race Hour podcast by one of Ireland's premier racing
2: journalists, Ronan Groove from the Irish Field. How are you, Ronan? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go there, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll patch you over to €50 euro for uh, for that uh, introduction later. Yeah, looking forward to a good weekend. I, I was kind of, a dieter is one of the races we we're going to talk about, and I was kind of daunting and taking it on, but I've come, come down on a couple there that I like at big prices, so hopefully we can uh, yeah, we can get stuck in. It's a, it's a nice opportunity for punting this weekend, I think. Brilliant stuff. Looking forward to coming back to you on
0: those later on in the show. And lastly, on today's panel, one of the most recognisable faces in racing broadcasting, it's Tanya Stevenson. It's good to have you on, Tanya. Uh, this day, three weeks, what kind of mood do you think you're going to be in? Um,
3: Very busy. Very busy, busy, busy mood, because I'll be doing all the uh, stats behind the scenes uh, for one of the broadcasters. Uh, so it never really changes. It, um, Like everyone else, it's just massive anticipation, and you never have the right stats, really. He never, and that's what these podcasts are all about: is trying to find potentially what the eventualities will be. And I love this weekend; I really do love this weekend. The uh, sort of contrast of Newcastle, and indeed the contrast with Kempton, a speed track.
0: Yeah, for for sure. I mean, a lot a lot of positivity on the panel uh, this week for this weekend's race, which is great to see. But we are going to take a temporary pause on the weekend. And turn our attention momentarily to the Grand National Weights, which came out this week. Uh, Tanya, I'm going to stick with you. Hewitt was top weight, probably a surprise to nobody. Gordon Elliott expected to run 8 or 10. What were your initial thoughts on the on the weights coming out?
3: I scanned down initially, and my first thing to do was scan down to see what Coric Rambler got. Um, just as many would have scanned down to see what Vanillier had got. Uh, The top weights, as you said, was hardly surprising. And it was good to see that there was, well, I felt no negativity for the uh, weights that were allotted to all the horses. Uh, What was, for me, strange is, is this the Grand National as we know it? It's not really. It's been tinkered so many times. What is this race? I mean, to me, I remember having stood up as a bookmaker in uh, Pitch 22 at Aintree itself, and this is just a shadow of its former self, but we've got to celebrate it for what it is, and we can pull out, we can enjoy. We've got Noble Yates, a previous winner in the race. We've got uh, Correct Rambler, a previous winner in the race. But the, the horse that I just wanted to see how much it would carry was Galvin. I watched the Boyne Hurdle and um, um uh, watch Galvin run and I thought right okay because many people were thinking oh let's see for the cross-country but for me it was for Aintree um, and very very happy with uh, what Galvin got allotted also very happy with eleven two for Correct Rambler uh, it just promises to be a race you know for all its tinkering and adjustments it it now is a race of class Anything uh, below a rating, as the handicapper said, of 144 is unlikely to get in. That just shows you how classy this uh, contest is. And to see that the uh, King George winner is top weights it's just fantastic, isn't it? Many of them, even Nassalam, quite sensibly, I feel, as the uh, Welsh Grand National winner is not going to Cheltenham, it's going to go straight to Aintree and it's more of its kind of rhythmic race, you need a horse that gets into a rhythm or races up with a pace uh, ironically saying that considering who won it last year in uh, Corak Rambler um, there's many people focusing on Marla Mission but I worry that it hasn't run this year, that would be the big negative, mind you John McConnell certainly coming flying back into form but at this stage I was a Gallia de la Toe in, in Till that really disappointing run recently, I'm now minded to more to focusing on Galvin because I just thought that was a brilliant run over hurdles recently.
0: Very fair comments. Yeah, Gallia Delato Harry uh, Skeleton's Charger, Dan Skeleton's Charger, I should say, uh, probably one of those who's sweating forever so slightly about getting into the race. Should be okay, but far from guaranteed at this point. Dermot, I'll come to you next. Vanilla in as favourite 9 to 1, given a good mention there by Tanya. Um obviously the ride he got from Sean Flanagan last year came under some criticism. I think it was Sean Flanagan, um, yeah, Sean but he's Flanagan. been he's been inserted as favourite this year at nine to one ahead of Grambler at 12s What were your thoughts on him? I suppose
1: and the race overall as it stands. Yeah, you can't have much issue with his weight or anything else. Um, yeah, look, it was a poor ride probably, but he was riding for luck as you would on a horse of his price last season. You know, I mean, I, I know Sean Flanagan was staying on late, but. <sighs> To me, Cork Rambler went through the race so easily that I don't know, had Vanillier got there earlier, would he have got by him anyway? I think Cork Rambler just had that race sewn up by the time that Vanillier was kind of running on. Um, Sometimes things are written in the stars, and the way Cork Rambler went through that race and kicked on last year under Derek Fox wasn't that of a horse who was going to be caught anyway. Um, I don't really like horses coming back to win it a second time, having not done it the first yeah. time. I'm just not yeah. big in them at all. I, I, in, in my mind... In this race, forgetting the likes of Tiger All, you kind of get one smack at it and you either do it or you don't. And if you don't do it, it it, it probably won't fall for you the the next year. A genius like Gavin Cromwell, of course, he can get this horse fit and ready. I also wouldn't be shocked to see the likes of Connor Stone Walsh ride him on the day and take another few pounds off. Five pounds, I think he is now. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, Connor Stone Walsh has had both a brilliant see- season and a very unlucky one. He's had two handicaps now at his absolute mercy and Malina's girl and uh, Percival like why? Who uh, <laughs> I definitely made a bollocks of that anyway. But the galwal uh, <laughs> the um, the um, uh, but yeah. So there, but at the front of the market, I, I like Maler Mission. John McConnell's had an awful season, but that's been because they had that uh, that sickness. In the yard, all the horses were kind of pulling up stumps with the uh the bug there, but they, they have been turning that around. But one horse who I can't quite believe is still 33 to 1 is the 147-rated uh, Meeting of the Waters. Needs a few horses to come out, but that win in that Paddy Power Chase at Christmas was absolutely out of this world easy. Um, DRF came down at the first one hampered. Can't criticise him too much there. I do like to have age on side with this, so is only seven, but the way he won at Christmas time was of a very, very good horse. Uh, I think they have tied with the idea of like a national hunt chase with him, but 10 stone four here, Darren, for meeting of the waters, who obviously needs a few to come out, but I think he could just squeeze in. Um, 33 to 1 does look a very big price for a horse that's been in a massive handicap um already and won, but... The one thing I would like to echo as well before I pass this back to you finally is uh, Tanya's right, though. This this isn't what the Grand National uh, what, what was at all. It's a, it's like our version of the American Grand National or something. It's a glorified hurdle race now with the way the fences are. And now there's kind of 34 runners. The next move will be 28, will it? And we just keep ebbing and ebbing away at horse racing when at some point we do have to stick our chest out and our shoulders up and say, we are what we are, you, you know, like us or lump us. Um, like I said, lumpet, even um, it is disappointing. But look, the race is there. Meeting at the waters, if he gets in, Darren, I could see him going off shorter now than that price. Anyway, yeah, a lot of points I could touch on there from what you said, Dermot, But I'm I'm inclined
0: to agree. I think uh, we probably do need to start take a stand of sorts and just say, look, the race is what it is. It's definitely not what it was. Uh, meeting at the waters particularly interesting at his price. He looks to take perhaps the Grambler route win the Ultima, go to entry very, very well in potentially if that's the route he takes and uh, it could be well punted on the day provided he gets in off a very, very low weight and Patrick is unlikely to be riding up at that particular weight. Ronan, last but certainly not least, the Grand National Weights. From an Irish perspective, I suppose we've got a stranglehold on the market, you can almost say, with, with Vanillier, Mahler Mission, Noble Yates, Panda Boy, even Galvin, I Maximus. I could go on, but... You know, the, the majority of the horses at the front of the market are, are trained in Ireland. Um, do you think the, the Grand National will be coming back this way the Irish sea again?
2: No, I'd say it's long odds on there. And like I I did the uh, just went through all the Irish horses' weights, like and it's it's looking like the, uh, the handicap I reckon a mark of 145 will, will just about get you in. I'd say he's probably been a bit um could be a bit optimistic for those rated 145 but if you took that there was 57 horses within that kind of uh, frame and 75 percent of them are irish so it's uh, it's a whole new ground national in all sorts of ways but obviously that's significant as well the irish influence now and just goes to show you where the, the power lies it's just another kind of parameter where the power lies the, the couple i liked actually were the ones that gordon elliott ma- mentioned uh, and, and tanya's uh, given good mention to galvin already like he is so interestingly he handicapped he's eight pounds below his irish mark this is the handicapper kind of taking uh treating the grand national or the cross-country fences as actual you know proper races and obviously we know gordon likes to kind of soft train his horses for those races earlier uh, i was listening to you guys on on tuesday and was kind of half surprised no one kind of took him as a a, a flyer for the cross-country i thought his run running the boy hurdle was very interesting last time we know the cross-country obviously is a a nice uh, prep run for, for horses taking on the Grand National. So very interested in him. He's £11 lower than last year when he didn't get very far. Uh, and Chemical Injury, who I mentioned on the podcast previously, just when the entries came out for the National with uh, Stephen and Dermott, uh, I think he's really interested in that. He's, um, I go back to the, the National Hunt Chase last year. Uh, it kind of reminded me a lot of, do you remember when Back in Focus won the the national hunt that year and uh, kind of nailed Tofino Bay, but Tofino Bay had were the faller at the last and he just needed someone to guide him. And it was kind of the same that day. He like uh Matter Mission fell when Chemical Energy was chasing and he kind of just got lonely then and 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 then came Patrick and Galliard and he, That race has worked out really well. Um, you look at Galliard de went, went on third into the Grand National that year. Matter Mission's went second in the Coral, Coral Cup and even Mister Coffee was third that day. He jumped the last alongside Carr Graham in the Grand National. So. He's around 25 to 1, Mark, chemical injury now. He was 40 to 1, kind of the really available one to come. I still think that's a bet. And Galvin, absolutely, I think he, he could go up close to favour. He could be well in by the time the, cup, the race comes, like officially if he runs well in the cross country. So I think Gordon's got a good chance uh, this year with those two.
0: Elliott benefit the Grand National as it has been more than once in the last decade or so. I think his first ever, uh, not sorry, not his first ever, but I think it was his fourth ever winner was actually the Grand National with Silver Birch all those years ago. He's that uh, his in first the winner United in the year, U- U- his first. Yeah, he had he
1: won the Grand. Three National winners he, before in there? He trained a winner in Ireland. He, he in Ireland, that's this, what it was. That's yeah,
0: what it yeah. was. Yeah, he had the winner in Ireland. He had three winners up in open up in Scotland, and I think his first winner in England would have been uh, would have been Silver Birch. So he's covered uh, an awful lot of ground between between now and then. Um. Again, before we go on to the weekend, just a quick line from Michi Cheltenham Handicap Festival, Cheltenham Festival handicap entries come out this week. Uh, I'm going to just ask for one horse, from Ichi that got a bit of it, that, that grabbed your attention.
1: Uh, I'll go first. So Darren, uh, shake him up. Sturman, sorry, yeah. Shake, I think it's symbolic of the fact that I think the handicapper has rightfully taken the view that the maybe the English races at the moment aren't as uh, strong as the Irish because that was a career best from him over course and distance in January. Um, and he only got three pounds for it. It's uh, a very, very lenient handicapping. So he'll run there off 143. And since Ben Pauling has moved to this new yard 20 minutes down the road from Cheltenham, uh, he can't seem to train a loser. Uh, you know, the, the absolutely flying. So I do think that um, shake him up, Harry, should be, should be taken very seriously there on the plate on the Thursday there. Shake him up, Harry, for Dermo Nolan. Uh, Ronan, I'll come to
0: you next. One horse in the Cheltenham Festival handicap. Entries that caught your
2: eye? Yeah, Waterford Whispers are in the Martin Pipe is only entry. Um, I just have it. It's been a massive eye catcher a few times he's run this season. Uh, uh, finished off really strongly at Fairy House the last day or the second last run. He beat a horse called Answer the Cave there, who's done that form no harm since. And then uh, he was beaten the last day at uh, Leopardstown, but that was a really slowly run race. They finished off kind of 110 percent kind of. Uh, Late on there, it didn't really suit him. He's been kept back for this. I know everyone will look to Sat Majest, seems to be the talk horse, Uh, but he actually has an entry in the Coral Cup as well, so they could split him up. Uh, Whatever way it is, I think uh, this Waterford Whispers is very interesting. Handicapped, I think he'll get about four or five onto his one, two, nine here, and definitely keep an eye on him and the Martin Pipe. Very good. uh,
0: Waterford Whispers there for Ronan Groom and Tanya. One horse in the Chatham handicap entries that got your attention during the week.
3: I was hoping that Theatre Man would uh, turn up in a handicap uh, because there was always that doubt that he might not. He ran such a great race behind Ginny's Destiny and much of the focus, quite rightly, was on Ginny's Destiny. But this is a horse trained by Richard Bandy who's not had the best of years, but he's had one of those really frustrating years where he's had some really good placed horses and some big handicaps. Go for it, uh, Richard, with Theatre Man. Harry Bannister will be aboard. The horse will run be uh, ridden positively. He's got a couple of entries. I hope he runs on Tuesday in the Ultima. Uh, he um, will be one of those annoying horses if you're trying to finish really strongly. He will keep his head down and keep uh, giving, giving, giving. And it's often a race that throws up something for the uh, in-running in punters, doesn't it? The, but Theatre Man, he's uh, probably going to be Richard's only uh, entry at the festival, but it runs such a brilliant trial at Cheltenham with the last meeting. That's That's for me. That's in the Ultima.
0: Better man for Tanya. Uh, Me personally, I'm excited to see Apple away. I know she's probably been a little bit disappointed in conditions races, but she'd have to be of interest off-mark in the high 130s in a handicap uh, at the Cheltenham Festival. I think if she could just get get things together, um, as I said, probably a little bit underwhelming so far, but I do still suspect there's a big pot in her. We'll move on now to the weekend preview itself, and Tanya, I'm going to come back to you to kick us off. It's the one fifteen at Kempton, two mile, two and a half mile handicap hurdler, two mile five furlongs handicap hurdler, I should say. Uh, no prices from our sponsors Bet UK here as yet, or at least there wasn't when I checked, but half an hour ago. Um, but Larry Poet does head the market at a general nine to two. Joker peg Penton Hills next in, and I should say that Bet UK are offering an extra place on this race. Did you manage to get a selection from what is a tricky puzzle?
3: It is a tricky puzzle and I'm glad there's an extra place uh, because you've got kind of uh, established handicap hurdlers and you've got something like Largy Poet who ran really green at Chepstow or behind Manila Blueway and then subsequently came out and ran, I thought, even more green even more inexperienced at Exeter when, um, because he was so comfortably out in front, he was wandering out in front. I just think there's a little bit more to come. Uh, You then have to take the Lanzarote hurdle, uh, meaning this in uh, the fact that Pentland Hills, last time we saw Pentland Hills, was finishing behind a horse called Serious Operator. Now, Pentland Hills will carry a lot of weight in this 115. He's a previous Triumph hurdle winner, so he's a double grades one winner. But Serious Operator then and brilliant fifth in the Lanzarotti. Why is this relevant? Well, also in that race was tenth Samuel Spade. He lines up in this one fifteen. The faller was last year's winner Mark of Gold, who and also is up for a parole. Who led the uh, Lanzarotti for a long, long way. So it gives you kind of a context of how this race will be run. Potentially up for parole will, re- will lead, but also in the Lanzarotti Second, the Mian Lion, who's come out and uh, won a Kingwell. And Mott Hill was eighth. So it's a very, very strong handicap hurdle to take some form from. Do you go for anything out of the Lanzarotti? There's a big question. Well, I've come stepped away from all of that because I think there'll be a fast pace set. And I think I'm going to go with Sea Invasion for Chris Gordon. Uh, this was um, a good run last time on Boxing Day. By caught in the act, won the race. Second was One Three Five Not Out, who's come out and won since for Paul Nichols. One at Wincanton, and then third was Moonshine, who's also come out and won since, and that one at Huntingdon. Fourth was Sea Invasion, and Moonshine at a crucial moment came and swerved in front of Sea Invasion to get a proper view of the, the hurdle. There was. No intention mean. It was just the horse trying to get a a proper view. It stops the invasion in the tracks. For me, sea invasion is a speed horse, and this is what you need at Kempton when we get onto the Adonis, uh, which we've got some, I think it's the best Adonis we've seen for ages. You just need a speed horse, and sea invasion, suddenly after the last hurdle, had this injection of acceleration, I think there's more manoeuvrability to come, and Chris Gordon does really well in handicap hurdles so despite all i say i think larger poet might be a bit too green steel penton hills will have too much weight and up for parole might go off too fast so it'll bring sea invasion through
0: the you race sea invasion for tanya stevenson off uh, a very raceable weight rex dingle in the plate there's not too many jockeys in the uk you'd want in a big handicap hurdle over Rex Dingle at the moment so a uh, lovely selection there from Tanya uh, Ronan I'll come on to you next uh, do you have anything as confident as Tanya's selection here?
2: how did you find this race I'm as confident as Tanya because I like see invasion as well so I'm not going to take up too much time for all the reasons she's just pointed out I mean just another reason as well is Chris Gordon's in good form he's had four winners in the last two weeks four from 10 uh, he likes to target this meet and he's won this race two years ago um, with St. Dennis, and he's had two winners I think of the Dove Cup in the last three years uh, I thought he was quite tenderly handled the last day if you want to go back and watch that um uh, but Bryony Frost just got going uh, just after the last but she wasn't really um busy uh, we put it that way I suppose and maybe this was a day um that they were looking at coming up on a trip uh, as he said completely unexposed um, You know, double figures. I'd say you get a double figure price with the with each way of terms, I think it's a good bet. I, I, I was half looking at Nordner, No Ordinary Joe. I think he's quite interestingly handicapped off the back of the second Borocco at Cheltenham last year, but I wonder just as Cheltenham in the back of their minds again, he's got a couple of entries there this week. So uh, obviously, the betting market would be a good guide to him. So happy to take C Invasion here for the Chris Gordon team. Sea Invasion also for Ronan Groom. That's two
0: for two. Uh, I think you're you're correct in your synopsis of, uh, of an ordinary Joe. I'd say Chatham is, uh, is definitely on the agenda for that particular JP charge. And Dermot Nolan, to finish us out, will it be three for three for Sea Invasion or how did you come down?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I can't possibly add anything there to the, the brilliance of Tanya and then it up beautifully by Ronan. So, no, absolutely nothing to add. I'm a big fan of Sea Invasion for this race as well. Chris Gordon's a trainer that I do like at this meeting. So, uh, yeah, no, literally. I've uh, seen quite a decent price, Darren, for us all to be behind, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Just to start us <laughs> off, that's a, that's a lovely way to start <laughs> off the podcast. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm going to stick with you, Jerma, for the 150 accountants. The Adonis Hurdle it used to be a, a premier triumph hurdle trial. Uh, unlikely to happen this year. Kalief de Berlay, 10 to 11, give me 5, 4 to 1, peaking up the sixes. What way did you see it going?
1: This is a cracking race. I have no betting tip at all on this. I just can't wait to watch it. All the way down to uh, Swift Hawk there. Um, they're all exceptionally decent horses and they've shown quite a bit so far. Uh, Peak and Opera didn't look like he, he was enjoying it all that much, but he still got the job done last time. Um, Captain Marvelous looked uh, very decent, giving me five, very good as well, symbolic of uh, how well Harry Durham has taken the training and then obviously the favourite kind of the burleigh who, who could be anything. Um, this is a brilliant race, one that I'll enjoy watching, Darren, but not one that I'll be getting too too heavily involved
0: in. No bet for German Olin, same thing for you, Roland Groom. I must admit, I'm quite surprised there's such a price differential between Khalif de Burleigh for all his brilliance the last day and Give Me Five for Harry Durham, who I thought was exceptional last time out also.
2: Yeah, I, I guess just looking at the Give Me Five form last day maybe suggests that that race wasn't much, but I don't think Khalif de Burleigh. Did much account in form wise either. He jumped to his left as well. I, I thought he was a bit short. Uh generally juvenile hurdle kind of form, especially the the British juvenile hurdles like tend to, you know, stay away from betting-wise. But th- th- this is quite interesting. It, it just goes to show you Gimme Five was the 60, 69 on the flat here for Johnny Murta, peaking opera, uh hundred rated for Aiden O'Brien. Yet you, you, you go long on song, Gimme Five will uh, be well ahead of peaking opera here. If, if the betting is anything to go by at the moment, it's just interesting the way the form translates. Uh Going to head, Darren. I go with Gimme Five. I just think Califf de Burley is a big chaser, in the making apparently he goes chasing straight away next year. Paul Nichols is already talking about him as a, a you know a future you know, top class staying chaser, uh, and he might just get out-speeded here in a better race than what he faced the first time at uh, Kempton. And just the, the left the left left handed jumping would, would concern me if you were wanting to take the odds on there. Yeah, it's fair comments. Uh
0: I might suggest that Paul Nichols has quite a few supposed future gold club horses in his yard that aren't running to Cheltenham this year. Uh Caldwell Potter being another one. I think there might be one or two more he's talked about in that same vein. But we'll leave that where it is for now. And Tanya, last but not least, yourself on the Adonis hurdle, please.
3: I think Peking Opera will be suited um, by going to Kempton. Sandown didn't suit and accentuate all Peking Opera's speed, and he did do it well. Swift Hawk is a, a nice little battler, and Swift Hawk travelled well to beat a horse called Orchestra last time, which is key when we uh, balance up Give Me Five, because Give Me Five, Where Swift Hawk beat Orchestra five lengths, Give Me Five beat it 18, and I think they, uh, when Give Me Five went to Warwick, they thought it was going to come back to it. Um, or <laughs> he might have faded, but he seemed to go further and further clear. And you could see the, the expression on Harry Durham's face when they took the microphone to him to interview him afterwards. And his immediate uh, reaction was, well, that poses a problem. Oop. You know, he, he was thinking boodles, boodles, boodles. And now he's um, he said, I have to make a triumph hurdle entry. And then he said, I'm... The automatic uh, thing is to go to the Adonis. So here we are. Give me five in the Adonis. Uh, we haven't, I haven't mentioned uh, Captain Marvelous, who won well. Uh, that one really well. Calif de Berlay, I totally agree, looks a chaser. And Adonis hurdles are generally won by very, very speedy kind of flat hurdlers. Whereas Calif de Berlay looks as though it's going to be something exceptional, but over the bigger obstacles. And he may be caught out by the speed of all the others. Uh, but he is an exceptional horse. I don't doubt that. Um, it's really frustrating for Gary Moore. He's had five seconds in this race, but never won it. So he'll be pleased he's taking Peaking Opera to one of his favourite races. Uh, Paul Nichols has won it five times, but I've got to go with Give Me Five. I'm I'm surprised, and not more has been made of who owns Give Me Five, and they may well be there. It's been touted that um, Graham McDowell and all those that are all the golfers that are involved, including Brooks Kepka, will be at Kempton. That would be fantastic for the sport if they are at Kempton, and and if that's the case, it's the sort of horse that we want to get behind. He does look exceptional if he repeats that Warwick run. It should put him. I can't believe that, uh, as already been said, the disparity between the prices of Caliph De Berlay and Give Me Five. But let's hope all the entourage around it do turn up at Kempton because it will certainly make a great story.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Tanya, and I think uh, those particular gentlemen have the capability to cause something of a market plunge. So perhaps if you do, they have deep pockets anyway. If nothing else, uh, if you do, if you do fancy Give Me Five, now might be the, the time to get involved with that particular horse. Uh, we move up north now to Newcastle for the Eider Chase. And Ronan Groom, I'm going to come to you because you flagged at the very start of this podcast, you had multiple selections in this race at multiple fancy prices. Anglers Craig heads to market for uh, local boy Brian Ellison, looking for his first win in the race. But take the floor, Ronan, and uh, show us what you've got.
2: Yeah, as I said, it's, 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 some people look at these races and it's not for the faint hearted, it's four miles, uh, uh, four miles and furlong, extended four miles and one furlong around Newcastle, heavy ground, it's uh, it's, it's going to find a lot of these out. I just tend to take on, I think the, the horses here at the top of the market, they're they're likely raced, kind of coming in here with a few ones, sort of, I'm not sure that's exactly what you need, but um, I'm a big believer in trends. I look at uh, trends all the time and I know people, some people can't have them, but you have to interpret them properly. And and one trend that was found interesting, I'm just reading the OLBG website on this was, and uh, you'd be a level stakes profit of 37 euro 50. If you backed horses that have been pulled up uh, on there uh, at one stage this year, going into this race. Now, obviously that's not a positive. That's not what you're looking for, but it just goes to show you that these horses can get underrated that are pulled up in these marathon chases. So, Two of the ones that I found uh, were Major Dundee is uh, probably, you know, in and around the 14 to one mark and uh, Flair of Scotland, who I think has come in for a bit sport sports since I was looking at it uh, earlier in the weekend, obviously since declarations this morning. Uh, Flair of Scotland's really interesting. So she was pulled up uh, on her only run this season, but uh, um, she's been freshened up since, since that from Sandy Thompson, whose horses are actually in great form. Uh, and if you go back to her form last season, she won over Kelso four miles. Uh, pretty smart form there. Like, she, she did that really well. That was on soft ground. Uh, they were training her for a Scottish national, uh, Give her a little run and back at Kelso in handicap hurdles. She ran really well third. I think she would have been well fancied. And then the ground just went for her. I have a feeling now that they've uh, worked back from this race, knowing that they're going to get soft ground here. Um, She's still relatively unexposed when you 12 starts and definitely unexposed over this trip, as they all are. But she's at least proven it. And I wouldn't mind the pulled-up. I think Sandy Thompson's horses are in much better form now. Uh, Major Dundee for the Alan King team, obviously coming back into a bit of form as well. Uh, he's really interesting off, off the back of uh, some of his good runs last season. Like He was nice and progressive. He was third in Scottish National to win my wings uh, a couple of seasons ago as well. Uh, again, pulled up last time, but he's just got that form over further like, like the Midlands National last season. Uh, Handles soft ground as well. So it's, it's a it's a Case of just being forgiving of that, uh, these long run, long distance chases, uh, sometimes if horses just aren't going, you know, they're not going to finish out the race and they get saved for another day. And I think that could be the case with the two of these. And I'd rather back the kind of proven form over the distance rather than the kind of unexposed, sexy profile horses coming into the race.
0: It's true there. I like that logic, Ron, and I have to say, yeah, maybe uh, the, 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 the P symbol isn't necessarily as big a negative over these trips as it might be uh over some of you know the more traditional or conventional trips i should say so that's flower of scotland and major dundee seven to one and ten to one respectively with our sponsors at uh, bet uk who i should also add are an extra place on this race also Dermot nolan and uh, the
1: eider chase at newcastle do you have a selection for us uh yeah i really like the uh the galloping bear here um second in this race last year off this very mark but this Saturday, uh, Joe Anderson uh, takes five pounds off, and he's very good, Darren. Uh, he's been riding really, really well this season. There's a few exciting young claimers actually in the UK at the moment, and he's one of them, definitely himself, Freddie Gingel and um, Chris Gordon's son as well. Uh, they, Freddie Gordon, isn't it? They all look excellent. Um, for me, Boda did like Boda's runs this season have been nothing more than ciders. Uh, he's been uh, very simply, in my opinion, getting himself ready furthest race, second last year, just bumped into a very well handicapped horse and if he can reproduce that effort off effectively five pounds lower I think he he should be going very close here then The galloping bear for German Olin obviously, uh, course
0: form, race form, everything else form um, does look a lot of weight around but hasn't proven any impediment to him in the past, and Tanya the either chase, do you have the winner of the race for us please?
3: I hope so Um, generally, the well, it had been a favourite drought from 2012 until uh, Winning My Wings won in 2022. And then, uh, of course, last year, Kitty's Light. I This year, I want to oppose the favourites. Like Roland says, it's well worth uh, opposing those towards the top of the market. The Galloping Bear, I, I agree certainly in the fact that we haven't seen Galloping Bear run to the best effect. He likes front running, send him out in front, let them play catch me if you can. And uh, Joe Anderson's going to take him. As we've already mentioned, going to take a nice little weight off of him as well. He's a huge asset, Joey, Won on Mott Hill. He hung on grimly to on transmission at Plumpton. He's been in the headlines and he'll be the ideal partner here for the Galloping Bear. And it will make it a true, true test of stamina because he's got no kiddies light like in this race. However, as been mentioned as well, he has got a major Dundee who does stay and stay very well. Um, Major Dundee, uh, I'm not too phased about the pulling up, I totally agree and I'm glad the stats uh, certainly prove that it doesn't it it isn't the be-all and end-all if you pull up in this season, Major Dundee does stay. He's one of Midlands National. And if there is something to tag on to the galloping bear, it will be Major Dundee. Alan King, as we've just said, he's uh, certainly come into form um, over in jumps. He's been in form on the flat. His dual-purpose licence he's thriving with. And there were the two that I'd take against uh, those at the top of the market who I think, despite the, their informed they haven't they don't come into the race with uh, such powerful wins on their CVs as the Galloping Bear and Major Dundee do they're sort of hardy characters that can deal with the tough conditions that Newcastle will present and they'll just keep going
0: two with prices there for Tanya also I think the Galloping Bear and Major Dundee uh, given strong mentions by Tanya. So uh, we're all against the favourite in the Eider chase, but uh, with good logic behind it. Uh, Tanya, I'm going to stick with you for the 227 from Kempton. It's the Pendle Novices Chase over two and a half miles. I think Nickelback was in this race for, for the Sarah Humphreys Yard, but has been taken out, Um, unless I've, I've missed something. And that leaves Lepitron replacing his market shares ahead of the market at 11 to 4. Um, I must say, I'm quite surprised. Tomorris isn't the outright favourite here. He's as big as yeah. sports one in a place, but ten to three with our sponsors. Uh, you sound like you agree.
3: Yeah, I, this is a very tricky race to fathom. Uh, I it would be lovely if Nickelback had a run, but I fully understand it's best that they wait for Aintree, or indeed if they go to where, but certainly go to Aintree. Uh, it was only, uh, I think you on a whim, but yes, uh, Nickelback was hinted. I just think he would have gone, wouldn't he? They they wouldn't have seen him. Uh, around Kempton. Uh, you've got to decide. You've got grade one form with Le Patron, who ran really, really well to win that grade, grade one in um, the uh, Henry VIII and then found the better ground a little bit tricky. Do you then go with um, Arc now? A mare, mare has won it. I've been digging out to see whether a mare had won it, and it was Mukunji in 1999. She was the last one to win the Pendle, so from the same stable, which is interesting. So Nicky's probably thinking that at the back of his mind, I've won this before with a mare and Arclight. She's going to get a nice weight from the boys. It worries me, Pembroke. The, Pembroke has uh, had a walkover. All his rivals have fallen. Um, and then when he did have rivals, and I don't think the Stan Skelton team yet are at full pelt. Le Patron, I'd be worried about the defeat last time. Blow Your Wad has already been beaten, I think, by Tamuris in the Tollworth when it was run at Sandown. So now we go full circle, bound back to Tamuris in a race that Paul Nichols has won 13 times, 13 times. So you can see Tamuris is a grade one winner over hurdles. He's got speed. I just think he was unlucky at Exeter in what was a fantastic, one of the best three-runner races you'll see. He found himself in front and John Joe O'Neill, junior rode a brilliant race just sat in behind in this three-runner race and let the two up front and then he just stole it on the line um and this will be run in a totally different tempo it'll be run to suit to morris i don't think exeter was a speed track where to morris is is a speed horse and as you say this could be win number 14 i totally agree in the pendulum obviously chase it looked to me as a tricky uh conundrum to work out and i've opted for a bigger price yet um the normal formula for the race paul nichols in the pendle
0: yeah couldn't couldn't be in any in any firmer agreement with you there tanya i thought he was just he was robbed the last day uh, great ride right by john joe neal but i think he did a a fair dose of the, the donkey work and you know no, nothing against harry poppin i don't think he put a foot wrong but hopefully he can put uh put that right this weekend and uh Ronan, I'm gonna to come to you next. Uh
2: for the panel chase from Camden. Do you have a selection for us? I do have a selection. I'm gonna just check in with you though, Darren. Uh, do you have a price with the good sponsors for blow your what? There uh what's he what's about what, they priced him up?
0: Yeah, I do indeed. Give me one quick second. Sorry, blow I you, was no, you no, you're fine. He's three to one outright favorite. Uh, so our sponsors are, are kind of ducking to Morris, who is as big as four to one in the place. They're they're ten to three about him, and they interestingly enough at blow your Wad. I is three to one favourite
2: here, whereas Lepatron is 5 in other places. Yeah, so so I tend to uh, agree with that sort of uh, assessment. I, I quite like Blow Your Wad here. We not to forgive the, the run the last day at Cheltenham. I don't think he was going, ever travelling really uh, there. But back go back to his run uh, here over Christmas. Um, He won that, that handicap chase on uh, St Stephen's Day. That's often a, a useful event. Uh, he did it. He clocked a good time there. He was actually quite smart. And, like, like if you go back to his run against Le Patron, Le Patron beat him 10 lengths earlier this season at Sandown. There's a 17-pound weight swing there um, since that run. And Blow Your Wad has improved. And Le Patron, I guess, you know, I know Blow Your Wad, we have to forgive his last run. Le Patron was, was quite poor the last day as well Has come back from that. But I do respect Mures, absolutely, and Paul Nichols's. Record under the race. Uh, of course, you have to respect that. Uh, it's a tight little contest, isn't it? Pembroke is interesting as well, for all that he actually literally hasn't beaten a runner over fences yet, um, which is uh, mad considering he actually has two wins to his name. So, uh, and Arkwright as well, she's waited. I you don't know if you look at it, looks, it seems like it's a step up in class, but she's waited to be in and around them there when you consider that she has as well. Uh, but Blow Your what I thought, was the rightful favourite and uh, get a, a vote from me.
0: Oh, you watch for running groom uh in the Pen Loves Chase at the weekend. A slight diversion for myself and Tanya. And Dermo, last but certainly not least, do you have a selection for us?
1: Yeah, I love Ark Light here. Really love her. Um like went through last night. Marsh Wren was obviously running today for Stuart Edmonds, uh, which was a brave call to come over. Uh, Marsh Wren is literally just after winning that race there, um a Turles. And the reason why I stumbled onto ArcLight was I, I was just watching back a few replays, and I was like, "Like ArcLight beat her by two lengths, but really could have won by as far as she wanted. Really, that day ArcLight absolutely hammered her. This mare is like she was only rated about like 118 over hurdles, but my god, she's way better over fences. She has been faultless so far. I love when Nikki tilts a, a like a mare at a race like this. Kind of means that they're proper, proper ones. And she's waited, as Ronan said earlier, to strike here and um, 10 stone 10 carrying here and four to one with, uh, with Bet UK. This is a cracking little race, but I really like her. And I think all the male horses here are going to really struggle to um to give her weight. Struggle to give weight to the good mare. Uh, it's a tale as old as time, especially
0: in uh, these novice chases. So if Dermot Nolan will be keeping his fingers crossed that Arclight can do the business for Nikki Henderson at the weekend. We'll stick with you, Dermo, for the three o'clock from Kempton. It's the Dovecut Novices Hurdle. It's a weekend upgrade too. I think that's a, f- a fair comment uh, in truth. Jericho Dorepine, victim lump sum, is heading the market at around thirteen to eight here uh, with our sponsors. Looks impossibly short to me. Um, I I like to look at secret Squirrel at about eleven to two
1: with uh with Bet UK. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I like that horse as well. The first three are basically all advertising here for uh, Jericho Dorepine. Um, obviously, um, someone fiercely proud last time or second third but there's only half a length of a difference. In- completely just the poor house. but Secret uh, Searle was one and three quarters length behind Jericho de Repine and shaped a bit better in my opinion than Um. last time also shaped very well, travelled really well into that race, but there's not a whole lot of difference considering the price difference here, um, Darren. Girl was was good, and last time I'd forgive him. David Bass really tried to force him home. I, I I thought it was it was over the top. Now I think David Bass does does do that quite a bit, but really went over the top trying to force this horse home. Um, Johnny Burke's gonna suit this horse brilliantly. Obviously, Johnny Burke not so silly. Johnny Burke's just having a great season. His move over to the UK has really uh, paid off from there. So at the odds. Um, the race is deeper than that, by the way as well the Alan King and Paul Nichols horses here are far far from out of it but we're basically looking at Jericho at the a form and there's not as much of a difference between what Secret Squirrel did and what Lump Sum did for the price to be as different as it is there yeah that was that was largely my analysis as well I also, I also thought Johnny Burke was a, a massive
0: jockey upgrade especially considered the way Secret Squirrel is ridden David Bass is grand and one that likes to you know have lots of use made out of them I think but um for secret squirrel i think someone like johnny burke's off pair of hands will suit that little bit better uh tanya i'm going to come to you for a selection please in the dove cut
3: yeah i mean i'm in the secret squirrel fan club. I think always that Huey Morrison is uh, underrated when he has his um, jump horses. He's had brilliant ones since the days of Frenchman's Creek. He had Tom Paddington over her hurdles. He's had um, obviously not so sleepy. He's um, just has the odd one here and then and always underrated. And Secret Squirrel uh, sort of catches the eye with these uh, beautiful ma- uh, Main and tail, but it's a case of we've already mentioned. Who do you think ran best to Jericho, to, annoyed Jericho, de Repenay the most? And out of lump sum, I'm, I'm fiercely proud. I'm more inclined to think fiercely proud out of those two, but, but he, because he was perhaps made too much use of. And when he come to the final hurdle, um, Jericho de Repenay sort of eyeballed him and had him beat. However, Secret Squirrel, I felt, wasn't really put into the race against Jericho de Repenay until after the last. And the realisation was, oh, hold on a minute. I've got lots more in the tank. And he accelerated and reduced the gap to Jericho de Repenay. And I think it may have left a few if-onlys at Newbury uh, with Secret Squirrel. Back to Kempton, and this will play to Secret Squirrel's strengths. He loves Kempton. He's a speed horse. That's what he's all about. And with Johnny Burke on board, I I felt so sorry for him when he was beaten, just beaten by Fireflyer. But back here at Kempton, this is just a huge asset for him. I get that there's lots of other Horses in the race, Panjari, who um, won the Scottish Supreme, but I don't think they can come into the race with that level of acceleration that I have witnessed at Newbury after that last hurdle to close down Jericho de Reponay. I think that's, that's what I'm resting on and the fact that Hughie is so good with his uh, jumps horses.
0: Yeah, agreed with all of the above. Uh, I I do I do look at him though, and I do think to myself, Jesus, he'd be some good thing off uh, Mark, but one twenty six in a in a decent handicap hurdle if he could go down that route. But uh, not a bad pot here, thirty four thousand pounds to the winner if they can make it work. And Ronan, I'm going to finish up with you, please, for the cut from Kempton. Uh, do you have a selection for us?
2: Yeah, uh, wanting to take on lump sum. Uh, I think he's quite short, could tighten the market. Like uh, the the general chatter after that last race was fiercely proud and uh, Jericho de Repenay was that he was kind of the penny dropped late on. I'm not sure. I think Tom Cannon, uh, if he could have it back, might've sent him forward a bit sooner. Uh, and look, I thought, uh, I think he's been priced quite defensively all week and you might see him drift out now Um, at the, the the decks come in and and, and and the betting starts from, from tomorrow onwards. But uh, to respect secrets girl. Absolutely. But Panjari was the one I thought was, was interesting. Now he won the, uh, the, the Scottish Supreme Novice hurdle. Now, don't mind that grandstanding name of a race. It's, it's It wasn't much of a contest at all. There'd be maiden hurdles in Ireland that are better than the form uh, of that contest. But he did it quite well. Uh, first time, cheek pieces, uh, things just clicked for him that day. He was obviously much better than he was on his penultimate start at Muzzlebury in a handicap hurdle. And if you go back before that, he was heard to go down to in a good handicap hurdle at Cheltenham. Uh, and Dottie the Great was just ahead of him that day, and obviously he's done done well since that race, the Formula Contest worked all right. That was only his fourth start over hurdles. He's got plenty of experience, but as I said, I just think the thing, things might have clicked for him the last day, and we all, it's already been stated already, Paul Nichols on this card uh, might just be a, a card that he uh, targets just pre-Chelton or that others don't, and um, yeah, I liked him here. I thought he's overpriced at 7-to-1. Very interesting there, uh, Ronan. So a, a, couple of, a couple of
0: horses given a, a decent mention there but by Ronan. Uh, but I think the general consensus is we're, we're all against the favorite lump sum in this particular contest. Ronan, I'm going to stick with you for our last contest of the day, or certainly our last ITV contest of the day. It's the Kempton Coral Trophy, uh, three miles around Kempton at 3.37. And just before you start, I'm going to get up my soapbox here ever so slightly and demand to know why there are only 12 runners in this race. It's a £150,000 handicap. Uh, There's more money for this than for the ultimate at the Cheltenham Festival, like UK trainers winch about prize money week in, week out, and here's a perfectly viable opportunity to take home a really, really nice pot um, for, you know, a a relatively uncompetitive race. Uh, My last question to you then is can phlegmatic justify favouritism here, but what, what are your
2: thoughts on the race as it stands? Well, I'll echo what you said, Darren. But it's it's madness, really, when you think about it. And you think about the the years gone by when the the better hurdle used to not fill out, and the, the county mm-hmm. had to be like literally sixty million entries for the county hurdle, uh, and people would would take your chance of even getting into the race rather than running in a race that was actually more expensive. But that's for another day, I suppose. Uh, I do like Flegmatic. I think he's rock solid. I guess the only thing holding his price up now is the uh, the soft ground. But it has isn't actually that much rain between now and Saturday. And I wonder if it got good to soft with that just be fine for him. Like he, his claims are rock solid. He's obviously a course and distance winner. Like he's multiple course and distance winner. Uh, won the last day, um, you know, that's good form, him. Um and was second in the race to our power last year. I'm not sure this is as good as it was last year. Like five to one, we could definitely make a case for that. I'm just slightly worried. At the time of writing or at the time of speaking, even that, that the soft ground might just catch him out. The one in that case, if, if it came up good, softer back, phlegmatic, no problem at, at at around the five to one mark. But if it came up soft, Lord Badesley is the one I'd be interested in. Uh, always kind of followed this horse. He's one of those kind of cliff type of horses. But he put it together the last day, uh, first start over the longest trip he's ran over so far and he came late. Uh, uh, just bumped into the kind of progressive looking inch house there. Uh, I think they can ride him a bit more positively this time now that they know he kind of stays that, you know, I was an extended two six, he's up to three miles around Kempton flat track. I think they can give him a bit more of a positive ride this time, send him on a bit earlier. Uh, and on that ground, I think he's interesting. Like he's he's he was nice and progressive last year without setting the world alight, but coming off a career best, three miles unexposed to the trip, I thought he was interesting. Um, uh I, I think the good people at Bet UK are of the same mind because he's quite quite short with them but I think you can get seven, 7 or 8 to 1 if really available and you might be able to get it on the day so uh, he was the one I thought if if the ground came up soft
0: Lovely Herlin thank you Ronan I should also add Giatta UK uh, they are a little bit shorter on your selection but they're also uh, an extra place on the race. So it's four places on the, uh, the Carl Handicap Trophy or the Carl Trophy Show, whatever it's called. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Dermot, I'm going to come to you next. Uh, this this particular race, it's pretty tricky. It's sports won field with our sponsor. Did you manage to find a selection?
1: Uh, yeah, I like the 11 year old uh, Captain Nord here. Uh, way too big a price at 18 to 1. Um, Last year, one off 127. At Ascot, uh, year before, won off a mark of 127 in this very race with a three pound claimer up on board, runs this year off 126 with Tristan Durrell taking three pounds off. This is his his time of the year. He's won this race before. Uh, Bet UK are a standout 18 to one on him. Way too big a price. Uh, absolutely massive price, but it is just that, you know, this horse has, has won this race in 2022 off 127 with a £3 claimer, last year won off 127 again, and he's running here at 126, he just looks terrifically well handicapped, um, and this does look to be his day, he was actually well back last time, but just couldn't get into that race won by annual Invictus, um. but Captain Nord, Darren, yeah, he looks a very decent price at 18 to 1, the one thing is, that price probably won't last, because they are standout now at the moment, I think, uh, I bet UK, but 18 to 1 for uh, a Captain Nord, absolutely cracking better.
0: Yeah it certainly
1: won't last if the the few lads
0: who are involved in that horse decide that had uh, the price is too big. So uh, if you want to be take a speculative punt it might be worth getting involved bet early, bet often. And Tanya to close out the ITB race and I'm going to come to you for a selection in this race, please.
3: I certainly agree, Captain Nord. This is Christian Williams' time of the year. This is his day. He's won the Ida with Winning My Wings and Kitty's Light. He's won this with Captain Nord. He actually had Kitty's Light entered in this as, as uh, alongside Captain Order. I was waiting for him to declare Kitty's light and I'd have rubbed my hands together, but I was also keeping a close eye on whether he would uh, enter Captain Order, whether that be able to get into the race. It has, and now it is very dangerous. Very dangerous off the market is certainly off the price it is. And the fact that you've got Al Dancer and Il Rodoto in the race, particularly Il Rodoto. I like Il Rodoto. We're stepping up to three miles here, but he, he will fly around. He will fly around and he'll make it a kind of a Captain Ord race because you can see Captain Ord stalking round when they turn for home and just being in a lovely position should the likes of uh, Il Rodoto and our dancer fall back uh, towards him. You've got um, unanswered prayers in the race, which you'll have to w- watch through your fingers because he's going to be finishing as well, but sometimes makes that crucial error. Uh, my heart said Il Rodoto even though it's a step up in trip but my head said because of the handicap mark Captain Nord. so I'm going to go with Christian Williams particularly on the fact that this generally in the last couple of years has been his day and big day as well for Tristan Darrell because he's normally riding for Dan Skelton but it's a, a wonderful ride here on Captain Nord.
0: it's another big shout there for Captain Nord from Tanya Stevenson mm. so two selections uh, at a, for a horse at a, at a pretty big, big price uh, for race our listeners Tanya, I am going to stick with you uh, as we close out the show. Have you got anything else over the weekend and also your nap, please.
3: Um, Looking across the weekend, no, nothing really. Um, You've got some good racing going on at uh, Southall as well. So just a reminder to everyone, you've got the likes of Lord North uh, turning up in the winter derby uh, at Southall. That's a deep race as it happens. Um, But no, my nap... Uh, I'm a huge golf fan, so I'm intrigued to see whether the 2015 Phoenix Open winner or former world number one does turn up at Kempton. has to be Give Me Five because as soon as it, it won at, at Warwick, I thought I was with Harry. I want to know where it goes next. He said the Adonis, here we are, and um, he's not even favourite, so I'm going to have to go with Give Me Five. It's going to be a track that suits, and hopefully it'll go from the front, and um, good luck to everyone involved.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'd echo those sentiments. Uh, he's not going to be my nap, but he is certainly uh, high on my agenda this weekend to, to have a bet and best of luck to his very high profile owners. Uh, people like that getting involved in racing can only be a positive for the sport. So we invite more of it and uh, hopefully they might bring a couple more along with them in the next year or two. Uh, Roland Groom, anything else the weekend on your
2: nap, please? Yeah, just touch on the Irish action, Darren. Uh, looking forward to see the Bobby Joe tomorrow. Obviously, got the Grand National favourite there in Vanillier, and I, am Maximus. Actually, all four of the runners there have entries in the Grand National. Just a quick touch on that, like if you, I don't think much is made of it after the weights come out for the Grand National. You can obviously win and win well and all that, and you don't have to face a penalty, which is often the best angle into the race. Carrick Rambler was ten pounds well in last year. Tiger uh, Roll was well in for both of his runs, winning coming off the cross country. So. Keep an eye on all the entries that run in the Grand National now and see see how they get on. Obviously, Vanillier can get it done in the Bobby Joe tomorrow. He'd be well-treated eventually because he, he, he would presume he would get a, a raise from officially from the British handicapper. So keep an eye on that. Uh, also, the 2-4, Tommy Carberry handicap hurdle. Always kind of an interesting heat. Slong of Galera there for Gordon Elliott and the green and gold. Um, I think he could be a lot better than one 2 three, uh, in, in in future, I think. There's uh, there's could, could be a big handicap in him possibly that three mile um, novice handicap hurdle final at the Easter meet in the Ferry House so taking this race along the way wouldn't be uh, would would seem a kind of logical thing to do boy the clamor is also in the race with the boy our Stone Walsh riding them uh, very interesting as well especially on heavy ground but I think the strong of Galair, um is 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 potentially a lot better than one three. so just have a look out for him in the market and for my nap I'm gonna go. To the very first race we did the 115, the invasion. I just think he could be potentially very well treated on exposed type against a lot of exposed types, and I just thought ten to one was quite generous offering there.
0: Yeah, big shout there for for the invasion and for for a couple for the from this side of the RC for rolling room. Uh, Dermot finishes out. Please, you're usually good for one or two for the weekend and your nap as well.
1: Yeah, only one really to follow on Sunday if he runs. A uh, friend of the race hour, uh, Gavin Coleman, a friend of yourself is out there, and obviously. Um, He's, he's one of the shareholders, let's say, of uh, Chantreuse, the horse that I've loved for quite a while. And uh, about time that he he got winning, that's a very winnable race that he's in there on Sunday at Nace. So um, Chantreuse is definitely one to follow over the weekend. Uh, my nap of the weekend, actually, Darren, is the 18 to one shot uh, Captain Nord. I think he's just a ridiculous price.
0: Very good. And before we do wrap up, I'm going to just ask you to, to enlighten the listeners about the and preview night that we have going on next week. Is there a live stream from uh, from the Golden or what exactly
1: is the plan? Won't be a live stream, no. Uh, we always just uh, just record it. So it'll be uh, re- recorded on the 28th and we'll be out on the ninth. So it's uh, David Jennings, Don McLean, uh, Mikey Fogarty, David Mullins and Keith Dunhu and myself. And... Uh, we will be yeah discussing every race at the Shetland Festival and hopefully find a few winners anyway there.
0: Yeah, listeners will know if I didn't quite make the post, but had neither here nor there. Uh, maybe always <laughs> oh, next year. Uh, I'm only joking. <laughs> uh, that, that's the next you'll hear from the race hour is, is that, and then after that we're we're right into Shetland time the following week. I think we might have Dean Ryan back to go to run through uh, a couple of the races in the Shetland Festival. Not a hundred percent sure about that just yet. Uh, but in any case, we will see you next week at the Cheltenham preview night. It, as Dermo said, it'll be up on YouTube the day after. Until then, uh, gamble responsibly, be lucky, and we'll talk to you soon.
3: Relatless, remorseless, pounded, Star a submission.